What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Picking Corners podcast as part of the Box Lacrosse channel presented by Stick Grip. We are excited to have you guys in here today, and we're excited to have the Milton, Ontario native Ethan O'Connor with us and also the recent uh, champion, the Buffalo Bandits. Welcome in, Ethan. Welcome in, boys. we got a lot, of, a lot to talk about today, and we've already made some connections and some comedy pre-show, so I think this is going to be one heck of a show, if you're asking me. Round the horn, how's everybody doing? Cam, and then Ethan, and then Garrett. Just just give us a quick update on life, man. Yeah, we're going to get into it here in a minute, but uh, I just realized like five minutes ago that we're a week away. Well, at least Garrett and I, I know you're leaving a little earlier than us, Tuck, but a week away here from from being in San Diego, beautiful San Diego. I can't wait for that warm weather, even though we've established I'm a cold weather guy. I mean, I can migrate every once in a while, you know, fly south a little bit for, well, I guess it's the summer, so that's going to be even hotter. Okay, well, that's that's definitely got to bring some sunscreen and some water. Wrong, but. wrong. 65 degrees all week long in San Diego. That is literally the dream. That's like anything in the 60s is absolutely what I'm looking for. So that makes me even more pumped. Um, but excited you know we're we're looking at obviously being able to be on the sideline for for interviews talk with the players we're coordinating with some guys already on different teams from you know team canada usa and we've got guys from team mexico um and and plenty you know that i'm not naming and, and can't think of off the top of my head but just just really excited in general for that coming up uh, especially because it's going to be such a big event and i'm excited for for all the festivities that follow um Ethan, man, how how have you been? Are you still like on a high? I mean, is is it is everyone still blowing you up? Like, what's going on in your world right now? Yeah, life life can't get uh, any better right now. It's been uh, the city's electric here. Um, you know, everyone and their brothers reaching out right now. Uh, my work, I, I work for M and T, a big bank here in Buffalo, and uh, slow. There's eight thousand people that work for the bank, and slowly over the last couple of weeks. I've been getting calls from higher and higher people up in the, in the bank that didn't know I played. And uh, yesterday they invited me out for um, to host like a concert series that, during the summer. So I kicked that off with them and I've been shaking so many hands and taking so many more pictures than I have, I think in my entire life in the last two weeks than, than ever. But uh, yeah, life's been great. Looking forward to tomorrow and the, and the celebrations we're about to have. And then uh, I'm just looking forward to relaxing and, uh, and just working out for the summer and not having bumps and bruises like you guys have right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll, we'll definitely get into that, uh, you know, what's going down in Buffalo tomorrow here in a minute. But it's wild that it took you actually winning a, a pro championship for them to, you know, invite you to to the conference, to the boardroom, right, and, and have you hook up with all the uh, higher-ups there. But it's it's fun, and it's cool to, to hear that you're getting that recognition and people are, you know – probably not even box across fans are realizing that they have someone that potentially sits, you know, at the same desk as them or, or, you know, shares the the same water cooler and, and they are uh, bumping elbows with a NLL champion. So that's pretty cool. Garrett, what's going on with you, brother? Uh, not much, you know, chilling, hanging out. Uh, we started our summer league yesterday. So game Saturday practice Monday and summer league Tuesday was I'm tired. Definitely. Uh, but, you know, I'm kind of feeling good now. It's not, it's finally sunny. So, and, you know, recovering because, you know, somebody in this podcast decided to cross check me in the head, you know, so kids here take takeaway for two things. One, aim lower. Okay. And then two, um, yeah, don't run up box side. That's kind of a thing, but 
the funny thing about that is I happen to find Ethan O'Connor's official website. And there's a slogan there that says, sometimes a cross check to the face is the only solution. <laughs> is that something you live by, Ethan? So funny story that I know you're talking about. This was been to this site but i was working right out of college i was working with a guy he found out that i played professional professional lacrosse professional sports he was an animator and he's like you know what? i'm gonna make you a website didn't think anything of it three days later he comes and he's like look at this look what i made for you and it's got a pretty sweet drawing he, he went a little you can tell by the kind of the wording and stuff like that it's a little bit uh kind of over the top but that's how the guy was um fun fun little uh Fun little website that gets brought up every now and then. Uh, yeah, Garrett, I, why don't you pull it up and share your screen? Because I'd love to ask Ethan about this photo that's on the front page here. All right, here we go. Everyone ready for this one? All right. So <laughs> as you can see here, we have a great little bio. Love that. High-octane, bullish, slingshot of a player. From athletic bloodlines, just drafted into the world's best league. Oh, wow. Thinks of the game like a chess master with a lacrosse stick and a helmet. I'm not going to lie. That, that's pretty good. When was that it, picture taken, uh, Ethan? This was... I guess I would have been drafted, right? So this would have been senior year college, maybe? Either junior or senior year college? But I, I had hair like that all through college. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, that's some it's impressive flow right growing, there. Really. It's growing a little right now, but uh, yeah, I usually try and I'm losing hair. I'm thinning, right? So you, the heavy hair doesn't help with that. So you got to keep it, you got to keep it short so you don't, uh, it doesn't fall out. But uh, a little bit longer now than I've had it in a while either. But yeah, that was probably, uh, I think I've even had it a little bit longer than that. It might have touched the shoulders, I think, was the longest I ever had it. And there's this one right here, the equalizer. I'm afraid to play this. Oh, it's just a wallpaper. Let's do it. Ah. Uh. It's not, <laughs> I guess it's gone now, but he's just a great guy, really great guy, but wants to break your teeth off at the gum line with his <laughs> Ethan's got a violent path. Apparently. Wow. I'm I will say it does, it does, it has the, as the chippy, exciting, but extremely likable draft pick of the Toronto Rock. So, I mean, that. What 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 more oh, man, PR do you need than just ago, your yeah. own website at this point? Yeah, you're pretty much there. <laughs> I should probably go ask for the yeah. I should probably go ask for the rights of this and just keep it updated. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we'll run it for you if you need someone. So don't tempt me with a good time. Love That's it. That's hilarious. Last um, updated October fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Yeah, it needs a little workshopping. So we'll we'll get a we'll get a support group together and and we'll figure out what's going on here and, and how we can get this uh you know back back up and running. Um <laughs> moving on from that, I'd I'd be curious to hear you were giving us a little bit of context a minute ago, but um the celebration or the main celebration in Buffalo for you guys is happening tomorrow, right? And you said it's it's somewhat of a rally. Um give us a rundown of, of what those events look like and, and what you're excited for coming up here. Yeah, so just right before coming on, we got sent an email kind of detailing the itinerary for tomorrow. So uh, we already booked up work tomorrow and Friday in, in prep, but uh, we, I guess, fan stuff starts with the cup. They can start taking pictures, uh, I think, around three-ish. And then we can show up kind of whenever. Five o'clock is when we'll start uh, kind of doing our ring sizing at the arena. 
uh, food, get your first couple drinks in, a little bit of pre-celebration. Pre uh, and then from there, celebration out in the, it's called the Alumni Plaza for those in Buffalo, uh, right outside the Arena Key Bank Center. Um, kind of do a meet and greet, kind of that's where everything will start. This party will start. And then uh, we'll, all the, the players will get on a uh, uh, fire trucks and the fire trucks will be taking us down Washington Street, down uh, to the ballpark where it's lacrosse day at the ballpark for the Buffalo Bisons, the Toronto Blue Jays AAA affiliate. And uh, I think we've got a ton of stuff that we're doing out there. I think Dane Smith's throwing the first pitch. A couple of guys are doing like the fun runs. Like, you know, what is it? Beat the Sub-Zero or something like that. Different things oh, like that. That's whatever. hilarious. So, uh, so a couple of guys are doing that. We've got our box. We'll continue the celebration. And then uh, from there, I think it's just head to the bars and uh, have a good time with everybody who's back. Wow. Hmm. Might have to look at a flight real quick then. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna book it tonight. You're gonna take the red eye and get there tomorrow morning, or what? Yep, yep. My uh, the company I work for, their headquarters is in uh, is in Buffalo. They're like right on the river. I'm gonna mess this up. I'm pretty sure it's a river. It's a river, right? Yeah, Niagara River. Yeah, they're like right there or somewhere around there on like Lakeshore Road. So they're like off the expressway. Um, and it was funny. My I was like when I first started, they're like, hey. You play lacrosse, right? Have you heard of the Buffalo Bandits? Like, yes, of course. I, I've, yes, I've heard of them. Um, and they're like, you got to go. I'm like, Why aren't you playing for them? I'm like, well, you know, I'm just not a professional lacrosse player right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the player pool. You're in the yeah, player pool. That's still, I'll let know that. <laughs> Maybe you try out for Team USA uh, coming up uh, yeah, for, for their, their world games for box next year. And speaking of, um, yeah. let, let's dive into that. They just announced that all of the games for the world championships next week will be on ESPN in some format, whether it's ESPN two ESPN U, and they did actually have a breakdown of which teams you can catch on, uh, which I guess, uh, channels or, or networks or whatnot. Right. Um, which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, Ethan, I'm curious, is that, you know, a, a good sign to you in terms of the growth of lacrosse in general? I know it's not box specific, right? It's obviously the field format. Um, but most of the guys we've talked to are just, advocates for the community in general and I, i'd like to think that's a positive step to to see that they're going to be covering that you know on a obviously a major network like espn yeah i mean lacrosse is lacrosse at the end of the day right like anything with a stick and a ball and on a field or on whether it's indoors or outdoors it doesn't really matter right you're promoting the the game that we all love it's the root of it is just passing catching and shooting and um i you know espn's been done been doing a lot for us um in the for the box world they've been doing a lot for PLL world and i think this is just the next step um is supporting kind of the the world games and uh hopefully this leads into uh, kind of olympic uh qualifier qualifiers or uh, an actual spot in the olympics because i know that's the the ultimate goal but uh espn putting on this production just just legitimizes the sport not that it's not big, not that, you know, we don't love it, but uh, the more people can see it on a recreation level, as opposed to playing it and being fans, the more people that can be fans without actually playing it, the better off we are, right? So just, you know, what, what is it? Any press is good press. And at this point, this is good press. So I, I think uh, this will only do wonders for the sport of lacrosse, not just outdoor, but also indoor and youth sports. I think that's what a lot of people overlook is these things don't just promote the game that we play but they promote future generations of watching they watch this sport and say hey this is cool can i play it mom can i play it dad and now now we've got a whole future uh 
future pipeline of lacrosse players ready to take our spots in pros. Yeah, it's nice to see that they're really leaning in. Um, and and I mean, ESPN in general, right there. It seems like initially they were testing the waters with, you know, having it on ESPN plus, um, you know, just trying to gauge if there is uh, a market there. And I think you could absolutely make the, the argument that there is a market, especially based on the success that we've seen with the NLL on ESPN plus and having some um, nationally broadcasted games right and then the PLO and their opening weekend being very successful and now having the world championships of lacrosse every single game being on some sort of ESPN you know affiliate so it's it's really exciting to see that um and we're excited to go support um Tucker I know we we wanted to now that you have your formal schedule you know what are things looking like for you obviously we're going to be on the sidelines more as like a media type presence but you said you've got some games coming up, right? Are you are you in shape, brother? Are you ready for this? Or? Oh, I'm definitely in shape. I'm ready. Uh, yeah, no. I, I know you were in the – I called you like a couple of weeks ago. You were doing sprints in the gym because it hit you that you were going to have to be on the field with some some top-tier athletes here. Was I've been hitting the gym pretty hard recently, getting ready for this. It's exciting, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of giddy right now. Like, I now I'm, I'm, I'm really – like, it's starting to feel like it's it's that time. So I, I'm driving down in the middle of the night to Chicago, flying out of Chicago, 8 a.m., getting into San Diego at like noon local time or something like that. And then I think we have like two games that afternoon. Um, and so to to loop back to what I'm doing there and and for people who are just tuning into this podcast, uh, I'm going down as part of the FCA team surf. Um, so we are basically like the scout team for all the international programs so we have every everyone from d1 to mcla players on this roster and we're going to go down and play all the international teams before their qualifying games to give them basically tune-up scrimmages um so we're going to see i think it's like mexico scotland korea it's a whole list and it continues to grow so it's going to be a lot of games for us in a short amount of time and i think we have like 35 guys in the roster so there's going to be some sore bodies for sure. I know our attack line is monster. We were, they were going through it the other day and you got me at six, six, you got a guy at six, two, and you got a guy at six, three on attack. So we're going to, we're going to try to bully some people a little bit, but that's the start of our trip. The second half of our trip is basically to be helping with operations, helping guide teams around, be team liaisons. Um, I think I'm working with team Italy, which is a lot of guys that I played with when I was in Italy. So that'll be really good to see them and, and kind of reconnect with them. But it's, yeah, man, it's almost here. Like I got, I got our itinerary. I got our, I got our, our list of player packs today and all the stuff we're getting, our uniforms. And I was like, now I'm jazzed, man. There's a bucket hat on there and a snapback. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. That's all I needed. So, yeah. yeah. What's the, uh, the fa- friends and family? You guys got anything for the, uh, the supporters or what? Yeah. I'll get you a child small. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs> nice. No, no. Yeah. But it's, I, it's exciting. It's really exciting. And it's, this is the opportunity I've been wanting for a long time and to be able to give back with FCA in this way and and a cool organization like they are. Um, It's going to be great and be as much bonding with these guys for me as it is for anyone else. And then to see you guys there and, you know, to see Steve Aoki perform as a DJ in the opening ceremonies, like it, this is going to be an atmosphere. It's going to be great. And like originally being from Southern California when I was young, a little bit of this feels kind of like a return to home. And I never, I never played lacrosse until I moved to Ohio. So now it's like, I'm going back and playing lacrosse where I'm actually originally from. So this is, 
this it's hitting me, man. This full circle effect is hitting me. I've been on the field every day. I've been working out every day. I've been trying to hit Garrett around in the box. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's pumped. But I'm I'm more than anything. I'm excited for you guys to get there and for us all to have an experience together. I mean, it really is going to be awesome. We still have not all been together at once, right? So you you okay. met Garrett in person for the first time this weekend, right? And yeah. then you you came out to Chicago to one of the Whitney Young games during our, our city playoffs, and that's when we got together for the first time. Obviously, we've played you previously in, in other, you know, matchups, but more so as opponents and not as, as friends and co-hosts. So, um, yeah, I it sounds like your, your schedule is going to be a little bit more intense, but I know you're going to love it. Um, and I'm honestly excited just to get out there. And, and this is by far going to be the biggest lacrosse event I've ever been a part of, um, especially yeah. with the the ability to actually be on the sideline and then be part of that, you know, media uh, presence there. And, you know, we're already talking to guys about getting interviews and stuff. So it's 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 going to be one big party. <laughs> now, I am interested in, in finding out if this is really 100 percent true or not. Um there was an article written that some of the PLL guys are asking to be put on like a backup role or like just sit out completely for this week. And some are saying that the league has been saying that there will be disciplinary action if they do uh, sit out and rest. And so, some of them are kind of like, I want to see what is actually going to happen. I, yeah, that's wild. So you go ahead, Tucker. I want to hear your take. Just kind of a reason, I think, for that and what we're seeing right now. So I've been hearing kind of internally from the international world that a lot of these rosters have guys who are now unable to travel. I was thinking maybe he'd end up on a roster or something like that, and he didn't lead to that. And obviously he's Australian, and so I thought maybe he'd end up with Australia. So I think I think there's a lot of pro guys that live in the San Diego market that might just find themselves on a roster, which might make the entire thing that much more interesting because – for these international players, a lot of them are are super young. Like the Danish team has like several like 17, 18 year olds in the roster. Like they oh, have wow. young guys in the roster. So for those kids to get to match up against a pro player they see on TV and especially to live in a different country in a different time zone and stuff like that, I have to think it would only make their experience that much more enthusiastic and amazing. Yeah, a couple of things. And, and I, you know, we could definitely talk about this forever. And I do want to get to to Ethan's interview and, and make sure we leave time for some some good questions there, because um, I've I've got a lot of them, too, for that. But <laughs> two things that I'm grabbing from this right now. One, kind of a joke. But so what you're telling me is that Garrett and I should absolutely bring our gear because we, we might get tapped um, for some of these for some of these games. They're, they're looking. OK, so I just want to make sure I'm prepared. Ethan, if you want to come down as well. Just bring your gear. We we might be filling spots. Uh, looks like they're going to be at, pulling people out of the stands. Put your beer down. Hop on the field. Um, but in on a serious note, obviously it, it seems somewhat controversial. And this is I'm glad that we're talking about this because we haven't really addressed the fact that this is going on at the same time that the PLL has their uh, beginning of the season. Right. So this is week three for them. And I was curious. Um, I was like, are they? Because I I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked into it a ton. Um, just with everything that's going on. But I was curious if they were going to, you know, cut these players some slack or if they, you know, if players were just going to choose to sit out for for a weekend or whatnot. But it sounds like what you're saying is that guys are going to be flying out there. They're going to be playing in the world championships and then they're going to have to fly back for the weekend and play in the PLL. Is is that the impression you're under, Tucker? Um. I, I mean, I think that I think that's my assumption, I guess. I don't know if I would say even impression. I think 
I just, a lot of POL guys have made connections with international teams over the last couple of years, whether it be coaching or going and doing service places and stuff like that. And we've started to see that a lot more on a media level in the last three years. Um, so I'd be curious if any of those connections are tapped when it comes to needing to fill a roster spot, because again, like every roster can have X amount of non-passport holders or non-natives. And it, it obviously elevates the game that much more and elevates the game around the teams. So I have to wonder, um, I don't know how that's going to work with the PLL, but I just, I would have liked to see the, the world of field across really truly come together in one place on one weekend and, and make an effort to work together. And I get that the PLL's main concern is probably player safety. Um, they don't want guys to go screw around with rosters that could end up getting them injured more than anything. And I, I get that, but like at the same time, is there a way that we can, you know, bond and build these connections together? And it felt like when this was announced, the PLL was very much a part of this championship and there was a lot of kind of cross marketing going on. But more recently, it feels like it's less mentioned and there's there's more kind of dissonance between the two parties and um, for me, that's weird. Uh, it's like you have such a cool thing happening in the U.S. at the same time, and you have an, an incredible collection of players who are many of them fighting for their countries. Um, and especially like the, the Haudenosaunee guys, like you're really starting to see them come together and see how excited they are on their own social medias and their own platforms. And that's fueling me, man, because you, there's a lot of respect to be had there. And I just wish there was a way to to bring things collectively more together. Because again, when that announcement, when, when they when they announced the World Games, like I'm pretty sure Rabel was there as a part of that. And uh, and, and Schreiber was there on behalf of, of Team USA, I believe. Um, and there was a whole collection of PLL guys, you know, as part of that. So there, the, like the US roster obviously has a lot of PLL guys, I believe on it. Um, so there is gonna be a difference in the PLL play for the weekend. For, for yeah, sure. so, and and to clarify, so just, yeah. just to, so we're on the same page, this weekend is in Columbus for the PLL and then they have a week off and then, or two weeks off, I guess, technically on how you look at it. Uh, and then that next week is in Minneapolis, the 8th and the 9th of July. So technically they do have a gap there for the world games, but it sounds like there's players that are obviously getting ready for this, this upcoming week that potentially don't want to spend all their energy Right. or even necessarily be on the sideline in Columbus because they want to start getting ready for the games that are going to, I mean, you're flying down there to play early, right. For some teams oh. or scrimmage, some teams and whatnot for that specific reason. Right. So most of the international teams from my understanding are going to be there as of Sunday, if not Saturday night. Like, I think, I think a lot of the ones, especially the ones traveling in from further are getting there with a lot of leeway and a lot of time. Um, I will say the other interesting thing on the PLL perspective is that several of those Columbus games are already sold out, um, which is, I mean, it's awesome, you know, being an Ohio native later in life and seeing Ohio growth. That's, that's cool to see PLL games selling out in Columbus. So there's good and bad. Again, I always take a weird perspective and, and I normally get comments, both negative and positive in my perspective. And that's how I know I'm doing something right. But I just, I want to see the lacrosse community come together as a whole. My, my biggest dream is that box and field leagues can really agree and come together, but there's a lot of politics behind it. I understand that. And there's a lot of stuff behind it that, that separates. And let's be honest. I mean, field players and box players are pretty different. Like I, I think I lean more towards the box side and then I get to field them like what the heck's going on out here. So th there's a difference, but the collective agreement is I think we all want to see the game grow.
yeah and either way we'll be we'll be here covering it no matter which direction it goes and then hopefully it's a positive one but uh you know i to your point too i saw a tweet that said uh that there's no tickets for sale on friday um there's no resale tickets there's no standing room tickets saturday at noon there's only standing room left um but there's two resale tickets available for 175 dollars each saturday night completely sold out so well, that, that was a, there's actually a strategy there's a really smart move by the pll from a location marketing perspective because um the ohio lacrosse festival which is like basically the biggest tournament of all summer is in columbus that exact same weekend so you're going to have a ton of travel teams there already at the same time as the PLL. Smart, actually very smart I mean, they're doing they're doing a lot of good things. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm going to stay optimistic, but I'm curious <laughs> about how the relationships work with the World Lacrosse Championship coming up. And you know, it's it's exciting and crazy and just a bunch of emotions all at once. But either way, it's got to be good for the game in some aspect. But I think we're pretty much ready to to kick it over to Ethan's interview here. So Garrett. I hope you have uh, at least some stable Wi-Fi for the next 20 minutes and a good nickname for Ethan here because, I mean, he's been through enough at this point. I know, and I apologize, everybody. Well, you know what? It's all going to get made up right now because today, if you're just tuning in, you need to stop doing that. You need to go watch the entire thing, listen to the whole thing, stop coming in halfway, do it all away, all right? Second of all, we have the one and only Ethan the golden smile o'connor because this man every picture you see him in just cheesing no matter what's going on he's had a smile this entire time he ain't been talking just smiling going to his instagram smile 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 it's amazing why are you always smiling ethan got a lot of things to be happy about you know um pretty pretty content where i am right now you get to play in the best city in the world i you know Job's a job, but still pretty good for the most part. And uh, home life with a wife and two dogs is awesome. So I can't complain. That's an amazing, amazing answer. And I would have to say that you do have a decent amount to be happy about, you know, not to brag. Champion. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did you know that you froze, Garrett? No, I didn't know. You literally? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll go fuck myself. How about you get some decent Wi-Fi and then we'll have Look, a Look, I'm trying, okay? It's a it's very annoying today. But if you guys didn't hear it, you guys may have heard it by now. Uh, yeah, he won a championship. He did something. He got a ring, so. <laughs> okay, well, I'll start then. Ethan, I've, <laughs> I've got some good questions for you. Um, you know, both specific to obviously winning an NLL championship and then just the atmosphere in general. We've only had one other bandit player on in uh, Brad McCulley. Uh, absolutely love that guy. He, he's fantastic. Uh, so it's, you know, cool to, to obviously get some insight from him, but, uh, you know, it's only one perspective. So it's cool to also hear from you and, and what you think makes Buffalo and the bandit community so great. So I'll start with, uh, you did mention to me and, and you know, if you, you look up Ethan, obviously you'll see that uh, he did win his first championship with Georgia um, in 2017. And I'm just curious um, if there are any major similarities or differences between the two runs, um, you know, what made Georgia special, what makes Buffalo this time around special, um, and just kind of the comparison there. Yeah, I think in anything that I've ever won, I think probably you guys attest to it too, is you have a close team or you feel like you have a close team, right? Like every, it's, you know, 
I'm not one to throw the word family out there for every sports team I've been on, but uh, definitely the relationship I've made on the teams that I've won with have lasted past. I'm still friends with a lot of the guys on the Georgia team. I'm still friends with, I won a junior national championship in junior B back in the day. I'm still you know, really good friends with a lot of team from uh, a lot of guys from that team. Um, and then even before this season, I knew a lot of the guys in the bandits and now we're bonded for life, right? We're going to be, going to 10 year reunions, 15 year, 20 year, whatever it is for the, for this championship, we're going to be, uh, I, we're going to be friends for life for a lot of these guys. And uh, I think that's what sets those teams apart or the winning teams is how close you are with the guys that you play with. Um, but yeah, I see a lot of similar similarities. I mean, a little bit different though with Buffalo, with Buffalo, you know, we've been there three times. We're in the finals three times in a row, like probably in at least two out of the three, we were favored, uh, maybe even three out of three, we were favored. And, uh, you know, always, always felt like we were, had that target on our back that we had to win, right? A little bit extra pr or, uh, pressure. Whereas with that Georgia team, you know, I don't know if you guys followed the, the swarm throughout their history, but Georgia for the longest time was not a great team, uh, not a good organization. Not a lot of people wanted to go play for the organization. Uh, and then we went from Minnesota down to Georgia and uh, kind of things, things changed. Uh, John and Andy are a lot of the ownership group. Um, love them. Um, they, uh, they decided to, it wasn't, their, their whole philosophy was building based on, um, you know, players and uh, personalities. And um, they, they really built a strong core of people and um, the losing culture slowly went away. And then they brought in, um, we're lucky to draft Lyle, Randy, Lyle Thompson, Randy Stotts, um, Brian Cole, uh, Miles Thompson. They, they drafted a lot. They drafted very well and very high in a few consecutive drafts. And um, the the winning kind of feeling started to turn into actual winning seasons. And I don't think we were ready. We were expected to win uh, when we won with Georgia. Uh, we were in the middle of uh, Saskatchewan's you know heyday, um, right? They were had just won two cups expected to win their third and we kind of came out of nowhere and stole it from them and uh so that was that was an unexpected cup i'll say um this one with buffalo was winning was a relief because we'd been there we'd done that we'd lost it twice and now that we were able to do it for the city of buffalo especially after losing last year in the way that we lost like that was heartbreaking that was going to work on monday and you know no one no one's going to hold it against you but you're embarrassed to walk into work you're embarrassed to walk the streets of buffalo because you lost in front of 19,000 people cheering for you and you let them down right not that they like i said not that they not that they'd hold it against you but the we felt the pressure right we felt like we owed the city especially after the shooting from last year like that was something we really wanted to rally around for the city and we felt like we we, we came short and this year just to be able to be in that situation again against the same team game three at home massive crowd and get it done this time in the way that we did was, you know, pull, pull the monkey off your back, right? It was, it was a huge relief. And I know as a team, we didn't start celebrating until the game was over, right? You're up by nine goals with a minute left. You should be celebrating. You should be happy. Well, I don't think there was a moment where we took our foot off the gas that entire game because we, we wanted to get that done. We knew the, we knew what we, we knew how we needed to focus and uh, it paid off in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'd like to just, kind of give you pass you back the mic and have you talk more about 
getting over that hump, right? You said you had obviously those first two runs where you felt like it was almost written for you to win and it didn't work out, right? But then finally it worked out for you guys. And now you can say that, you know, you've reached that that ultimate goal of being an NLL champion for the Buffalo Bandits, one of the best franchises. I'm sure you would say it is the best and, and a lot of people would agree with yeah. you. Um, but so what was that feeling like as soon as you were able to step off the floor, it hit you, we finally did this thing. You know, I'm sure there was a lot of emotions in that locker room. I mean, you don't have to go into any crazy details by any means, but what's it like being able to just celebrate with with your brothers, with your family on something that is a long time coming? Yeah, so I, I've lived in Buffalo now about 10, 15 years. I, I lived, I've lived in Buffalo before I started playing with the team. And so I consider this my hometown now. And being able to win for this city, especially what we've gone through, what the city's gone through, uh, what the world's gone through and how it impacted the city, right? It's, it's never felt like it's just us. It's felt like it's everyone. It's the city, it's the organization, it's the training staff, it's the ownership. It's, it's every, this entire kind of small world has, is that family now. Like it, the amount of people that have reached out to me at work is, is astronomical, right? Like, I shared a, an email I got from someone from my work. I've never met this person and, and I, I've probably received like 10, 15 of these emails. It's someone reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm sorry to Mr. O'Connor. I'm sorry to bug you, but I uh, wanted to say thank you for what you and the team have been able to do. Um, I've had a tough time the last couple of years and the bandits are my, are my solace. And the fact that you guys have been able to do this uh, have made the last couple of weeks, some of the happiest moments of my life. And, you know, I paraphrase, but those are some of the messages I'm getting and, um it's you, as soon as you win right you, you expect to just party with your team and we you, know, you do but that entire time at least in my thought my my mind was where's my family where's my friends where's the guys that have been here the longest where's the steve Priel or dane smith that have had you know lost three times with buffalo i'm happy for those guys for the city for my family that have watched me for years and years and it's that's a different, def, maybe it's, I'm not at a different stage in my career than other people. You know, I'm 10 years in, but um, I don't think I've had that thought process winning before. And it's, uh, it, it's really felt like we got here because everybody pulled the rope at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's remarkable to, to witness as a fan. And it's really fun for us to be a part of this podcast and get to talk to you and, and hear firsthand, you know, firsthand account about just everything that it goes into that the normal everyday person that might not live in Buffalo might not be a Buffalo Bandits fan might, might not understand the atmosphere as much as you guys do just to be able to to understand that experience and what goes into it and what makes it so special I mean that's that's pretty awesome so yeah. I I could continue to ask questions but we also do have two other hosts so I'm going to pass it over to Tucker and and then I'm sure Garrett will uh, fire away some as well but go ahead Tucker. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So the the pre-show conversation was really good talking about uh, Ethan and I have a little bit of location connection that I was not aware of. So you did two years at Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio. Uh, I grew up in Kent, Ohio, went to Kent Roosevelt High School. My high school played y'all previous to me being there. So there's a really small town, small Ohio town connection between the two there, which is is phenomenal. The first, the first WRA grad that we've had on here, which got me pumped up for that. Um, but also to mention, I think is interesting that people don't realize is like, 
Hudson in Northeast Ohio is really not that far from Buffalo at all. Um, like regionally, they're very close by and people in Northeast Ohio, if they're going to be NLL fans, they're normally going to be Bandits fans. So it's probably even cooler for you to kind of be in a, a similar region now playing with that jersey and that support system right there, which is really cool. But um, to talk for a second about, you know, WRA and kind of, um, you know, you were talking earlier about being involved more as an alum now and, and going back there and contributing to the next generation of, of reserve players. And just talk a little bit about, you know, you going there, you, like you said, you played three sports um, and, and going there for kind of the academy experience and developing as a lacrosse player. And then now seeing the program where it is under the leadership of Dylan Sheridan, um, who was previously the head coach at Cleveland State. Just kind of give us, I guess, the, the WRA rundown. And for people who don't know kind of what WRA is, um, it's a, a very high academic, um, high athletic boarding school in Hudson, Ohio, real small town, um, beautiful area with, with some really great people, but you're expected to perform well on the field and very much in the classroom surrounded by a lot of competition there. So kind of give us the background there, if you would. Yeah, I think um, so it's funny to say, but you get recruited or you get recommended to go to these places. So um, I was playing minor field across up in Orangeville. Um, one of our coaches was a big kind of pusher um, of Canadian kids going down to prep schools. And um, I looked at a few, I looked at Culver, I looked at um, the Petty School, the Hill School and PA um, Reserve and probably a couple others I'm missing right now, but uh, went down to Reserve and I already had a couple buddies from my, uh, my field across team that were there and um, they were kind of pushing it. Their families were pushing it, uh, like saying, just letting us know, me and my family, how, how good it is, um, how awesome it is to kind of the community and it just worked out where I was able to attend. And that was kind of, for me, at least like per, uh, lacrosse wise, it was, um, that was going to reserve was the, um, me committing to lacrosse. Um, at the time I was playing AAA hockey. Um, I think I was in midgets at the time. So that's about the time you're about to get drafted, uh, into juniors. So it was either, all right, do I stay and play AAA hockey and get drafted to play, continue playing hockey, or do I continue this path to play lacrosse at a very prestigious school and, and use it to go to a, um, a division one lacrosse school? Because that was the ultimate goal, right? Or that would have been that goal. And I, talking to my parents, talking with uh, my coaches, lacrosse, hockey at the time, it just, you know, lacrosse was always the sport I was better at. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to, the likelihood you make money in hockey and the likelihood that you make any money in lacrosse is low in both. So it was more like, all right, what gives you the better opportunity? And at lacrosse gave you the better, gave me the better opportunity to go to college, um, to get the education and to get more support that way. So committed to reserve there. And honestly, it was two of the best years of my life. Uh, I went to school, some of my best friends to this day, um, a guy that I'm going, that I went to school with one of my uh, orange road, uh, field across teammates. He's getting married this past, or this next coming weekend, and I'll be in his wedding party. Um, and we're just lifelong friends that you lived, played, and uh, that you lived, ate, lived, or yeah, you lived in the same dorms. You lived in the the school with each other. Uh, you played sports every day. Um, at the time, you couldn't just play lacrosse. You had to play three different sports. I played hockey, football, and lacrosse. So I think that still kept me very well rounded. And then at the end of the year, you'd springtime comes around, you'd 
get a group of 20 guys where we're relatively small uh, in numbers team, just because the school is only about 400 people. But, uh, you know, you have 20, 30 kids roll up on the floor and, you know, we, we don't look physically intimidating that, you know, Canadian kids aren't known for their uh, gym prowess, but we'd get out there and we were a top 25 team in the country, then top 20 team at some point. And uh, yeah, you would have thought at the time from being a Midwest program that uh, you'd have some of the best lacrosse players on that team. Like, uh probably throwing out names but uh, our goalie at the time was a freshman little known at the time guy we used to make fun of all the time bless his soul but uh loved him loved him to death but kyle burnler was our goalie um stud pll goalie of the year i think at one point uh, in the pll was unreal goalie nowadays and at the time he's a freshman to me and who would have thought right um but we had ben mcintosh who's an all-world um nll and pll player um who went to the school we were roommates at the school and then just a bunch of other kids uh, who all world talent but very humble very kind of hard working and again we ended up winning a, a midwest midwest championship there uh, because of those bonds that we built at this school and i i don't think i'm where i am now without uh, going to that school meeting those people that i met to shape me who i am and uh, i i to the point where like if I have kids, I'd probably want to send them to a boarding school, maybe, you know, reserve if, if Dylan's still around there, because what he's been able to do with the program, um, kind of after we left the program, um, focus shifted their focus away from sports, um, for a little bit, but, uh, Dylan got brought in a few years ago and he's brought that program right back to prominence where we left it. And, uh, you know, if I have kids, I'd love to send them to him. But, uh, I do think that the boarding school life was, uh, was something that benefited me greatly and uh, maybe I'll send my kids to a boarding school one day who knows but uh, yeah it was, it was fun it put me on a right path and I think I was able to excel in that uh, that um, I was able to excel in that environment yeah no that's really cool to hear the other um, the other plug I was going to give to to reserve in the area now is um, when I was in high school they started um, the box league in Hudson really took off and so I always tell people when they're like, how'd you get in the box? And I said, well, all of our, all of our Northeast Ohio high school teams put together box teams in the off season and we compete on the floor. And I always, to this day, I remember how much fun it was playing reserve in box games in the, in the off season. It was just, it was crafty, fun lacrosse and, and really enjoyable. So, um, you know, special place in the, in the heart for Northeast Ohio with, with reserve. So Cool to hear that, and then cool to see you now in Buffalo, and that that's kind of a, a nice little full full circle thing for you there for sure. Exactly, Garrett, go. Whoa, okay, sorry, cheats. So I've been trying to think of a couple questions, um, just to ask you, Ethan. Definitely with like your one your experience um, in the NLL and your kind of experience all over. Um, and I'll start with the question I I'm, I'm asking everybody: What are two of the best teammates? Um, that you've had throughout your entire um, lacrosse playing career? You just take it two ways. Are you talking about best players I've played with? No, no, like, 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 like truly, like some people you were like, my experience either was made better or I learned from, or just overall, like, yeah, that guy was a great teammate. Well, I'll pick two in my Georgia days and I'll pick my one from my Buffalo days. Georgia days, Mike Poulin, hands down. He, is uh older goalie he's retired from the league now but he was he came over he had some uh 
some success, but never won. But we brought him in to George to kind of anchor our, our defense, and uh, he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. Um, but he just so energetic, so fun. Uh, I don't want to say relaxed, but just him walking into the dressing room makes guys laugh. He's just the guy that he's not serious, but at the same time, you know, when he talks, you listen. Uh, it's just a it's a weird dichotomy that not a lot of people are able to to walk that line between. But uh, he he was somebody that uh, you know played the game the right way, played it at a high level, but at the same time didn't take himself too serious and and let guys have fun around him. So he was a guy in Georgia that just I think I looked up to. Uh, as a player, but I think our entire team looked up to him as a player, Mike Poulin. So he, he's definitely one of the best teammates that will stick out in my mind. And the next is here in Buffalo is Steve Priola. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Steve Priola. Uh, one, he's just such a humble guy off the floor. He, so unassuming mountain man, we call him. He just lives in the woods and teaches by day. And you got this tall, lanky, six foot five, six foot six guy walking in with uh, hiking boots rolled down or scrunched down uh, wool socks and shorts and a, and a plaid. And you're like, oh yeah, this guy's an all world defender. And uh, just uh, like I said, another, another guy that does it the right way. He came to the league as a fighter. And uh, when the writing was on the door that fighting was going away, he reinvented himself and became a lockdown defender who scores points. And I think I respect that in someone's game who's able to adapt to be better. Um, but then at the same time, like I said, he's he's a genuine, nice guy and intelligent, ready to talk lacrosse anytime you want, but at the same time can talk about family life, let you, you know, talk about what's going on at your home. He'll ask you questions about anything but lacrosse if that's what you need. And uh I I I really enjoy kind of our conversations since I've been able to play with him. And uh to this day I I'll push that the fact that he hasn't won a defensive player of the year is an absolute travesty in this league. He's been put up, you know, however many times in the top three and it's always someone else or he's, I think he's at what, five years now, second uh, team all league defense and just doesn't get the love because he doesn't get the stats that other defensive players of the year. I think there's a little bit of bias for points and cause turnovers and uh, you know without calling people out I think those are skewed to the arena you play in and you can see where the people who play in those arenas get the awards and I I, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's a uh, a hard correlation to make so Steve plays the game the right way he's on winning teams he's now been to four championships and won one and I don't think he'll complain about not winning the other cha- or, uh, trophies to take this uh, championship trophy. But uh, yeah, this is my steep role and needs to win a defensive player of the year by the time he, uh, by the time he retires spiel. Wow, that's a really, really well thought out answer. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. The second part is not related. Um, do you still play for the six nations chiefs? Are you, are you kind of with them this year or what? No, so I, I, I am officially, unofficially retired from summer lacrosse. Uh, I guess in 2016, I won and then played 2017 and 2018. Unfortunately, I tore my ACL and uh, heard it playing summer lacrosse and unfortunately missed out on, I guess, a half a year at the time because of uh, COVID, but uh, would have missed out on a year, year and a half of, of NLL stuff. And 
at this point in my career, I'm 10 years in, I'm too old to be getting hurt outside the NLL. So uh, been focusing on training in the off season, but uh, whether you have to announce it or not, I don't think you have to, but I am retired from uh, summer ball until I retire from the NLL. When I retire from the NLL, maybe I'll play some senior A, senior B stuff here around Buffalo, but uh, I'm, I'm done with uh, the Ontario senior A circuit for the most part. Man, well, I know they're going to definitely miss you on that squad. Um, that was all I had. I was trying to get the little inside scoop there. So, yeah, I, mean, I, still, I, I still know a lot about it, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I, I'll be playing for a bit. Injuries do that to you. You make you think, you know, make yeah, you think about what you got going on at home versus uh, the summer stuff, right? Definitely. Just, we just had one of our commits here at the university make his debut for the Chiefs last week. So, what's his name? Dougie Paulus. Oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. So that was exciting. That's a cool. There's a there's a cool one there. That's fun though, man. I don't. It's, yeah, that's a good question, Garrett, because I think we ask, like again, most of our audience is going to be in the states and totally not understand uh, Ontario lacrosse or senior lacrosse in Canada and the system. And you know, you forget that so many guys go play summers there, play NLL here, and like that full life, just 100% box lacrosse year round. That's got to take a beating on the body. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it was that in-depth until recently. Um, and I've been trying to just dive in it as much as I can now. Um, because it's so interesting. There's so there's so much more than than what just meets the eye at first. Like, yeah, you get the NLL, but then you take like literally one step deeper and you there's this entire other world of lacrosse, basically. And it's not like, oh, you know, it's just summer ball. No, this this ain't regular like you lacks whatever summer ball. You guys are serious here, okay. Um, and it's 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 fantastic. So I commend you for for playing. Um, I also commend you for you know wanting to look after your health. You know that's kind of important. Yeah, yeah no, I mean they're basically all star teams, right? If you look at the rosters, I, I look at the past teams that I was on. There, there's only six Ontario Senior A teams, right? So you've got 15 NLL teams. It's just do the math, right? You're cond- every everyone that plays Senior A here up in Canada is more or less on an NLL roster. It's, in some capacity, whether it's a practice player or starter. So condense 15 teams down into six here and six out West. And you've got NLL players that probably aren't making senior A lacrosse teams. Yes. That's crazy. You can think about like it actually crazy, but that was, uh, I like the inside of that. I mean, I never really thought like the numbers break down. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, those games are really exciting. And I'm kind of glad that the conversations moved this way because one of my initial thoughts after a team, you know, reaches the highest level of the game, right? Winning a championship, my my always or my inclination is always to think like, what's next? Like, what's next for the Bandits? What's what's next for Ethan, the lacrosse player? What's next for Ethan, the person? Right? You kind of reach this this ultimate goal, and then you don't really think about what's going to happen after that. So. You know, what, what's your mindset going into the offseason this year? Definitely with the argument that you've had a very well-rounded lacrosse career that's that's been pretty generous to you and that you've given back to as well. You know, what does what the future look like for you and, and what are you excited, you know, looking forward to now that you've won the championship? Yeah, I think uh, obviously with the uh, off run, um, I had – my fair share of bumps and bruises and kind of fixing myself up from right now. So taking a few weeks off uh, just to rest from that. I 
And that's, that's the goal right now is just to kind of get back to a hundred percent. And then once that goes, just hit two days again. Um, that's my off season regimen. I'll probably, I'll wake up in the morning and go for a little bit of cardio, uh, get my morning workout. In, and then in the afternoons I'll, I'll do sprints and then kind of second workout, kind of get back into that routine. Um, but this year, I, I guess uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm not a big field lacrosse player anymore. I, I don't think, uh, I've ever really, I don't want to say I'm not interested in field, um, but I'm, I've never been a big, uh, I never needed to play field across. So I haven't really pushed it after college, but uh, um, I, I think I'm looking forward to my box career. And in that it's all right, continue playing for the band. It's kind of helping us win our second in a row. Um, but I'm also looking towards uh, what happens after that. And if you look forward to the September after, um, is the world Bo- indoor box championships and uh i talked about my knee injury a little bit earlier but uh i made team usa uh last time around when the world box championships was out in vancouver made it and to a month before it was when i tore my acl so i made the team didn't get to go and play so i think uh personal personally uh my big uh kind of goal is to have a good season next year get ready for that and then make team usa again and be able to play and be able to uh bring our first win against uh either uh the haudenosaunee team or canada uh ever in box across so i think that's uh that's my goals and then after that who knows uh, maybe i go up in the sunset maybe i continue playing uh in the nl who knows after that but for now those are my two goals yeah nice that's exciting and i think that's a good message to you know, players at any level that it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, what happens, there's always personal growth to be had and, you know, just an enjoyment of the sport and wanting to continue to be around it. So I think that we've definitely held you here long enough uh, and, and can let you get on with your day, but we really appreciate you coming on, giving us your time. Uh, it's great to be able to talk to somebody who just recently won at the, the highest level, if that you want to make that argument, obviously with, with senior A and all that stuff, but Either way, great conversation. And, uh, you know, typically we just open it up to you at the end. If there's anyone you want to shout out, any advice for us or for any players, um, the floor is yours for for the last, you know, couple minutes here. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. I, I love talking lacrosse. I can talk lacrosse for days, hours, opinions about anything you ask me. I, I'm pretty well-versed in, in most of the uh, areas of lacrosse, different uh, subjects of, uh, you know, whether it's PLL, field lacrosse, NLL indoors, summer lacrosse, whatever. Love talking, but uh, I think I'd be remiss not to mention people that never get um, get brought up for us. And I, I mentioned this earlier that uh, it was more than just kind of the players on the floor that got us here. Um, I, I think uh, our training staff, our ownership group, our um, support staff all need to be mentioned. Um, specifically, Ryan. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not not even your last name. Just gonna shut him out in case they're listening. But Ryan, Nikki, Mike uh bex matt um kevin brian um doc stua um doc rao doc jordan uh Sofaletto, uh teddy you're you're amazing um the brett and uh brett and brett and swenny um Scott Lawler, ownership group, you know, I, that entire organization, people aren't going to hear their names much. People aren't going to see them, but uh, we don't get on the floor without that support staff. And uh, I think this year I had a lot of bumps and bruises and uh, they made sure I didn't miss a game because of that. So those 
those that part of our team was uh, was the real MVPs this year. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It takes a village, and and it's great to see you guys uh, being able to enjoy that success. And you know, we're looking forward to to seeing you on the the fire trucks tomorrow, and and getting to live it up with with your team and and a lot of those people that you just named. So, congrats to you. Congrats to the guys. Thanks for coming on, and uh, appreciate you. And then hopefully we get to ha have you back here again soon. Yeah, and uh, good luck to you guys too next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, you get a lot of good interviews, got a lot of good, a lot of good content. And uh, Tucker, good luck with the games. Uh, don't get too many penalties. Right. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Love it. Thanks, Ethan. Have a have a good rest of your day, man. Really appreciate you. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Yeah.